you flip through music podcasts like you would the dollar bins of your local record shop, hoping to stumble upon that rare pressing or super under-the-radar classic? Well, dig no further. Vinyl Emergency is where musicians, everyday album collectors, and those who press, design, or otherwise celebrate vinyl records come to share their stories about how this influential medium has shaped their lives and careers. I'm your host, Jim Hankey, and you can join me and a new guest every other Tuesday as we take you through LP artwork that has stood the test of time, neighborhood record stores we remember, the first albums we ever bought. The tangible object of a vinyl record can spark so many intangible memories, and that's what Vinyl Emergency aims to capture and share with you. Past episodes have featured interviews with Hosier, Roseanne Cash, Creed Bratton from NBC's The Office, members of Foo Fighters, Wilco, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and Hall & Oates. Not to mention label owners, record pressers, and more within today's exploding vinyl community. You don't need to be a longtime record collector to enjoy or keep up with the program, but I guarantee you'll learn something new about each of our guests whenever you listen. Subscribe to Vinyl Emergency however you get podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vinyl Emergency. Want more Bizarre Albums? Sign up at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums to get weekly bonus episodes of the new companion show, B-Sides. Go a little deeper on each album every week on B-Sides. That's patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Paris Hilton's Paris from 2006. And now Art Letter presents today's special house party guest with an amazing success story. One of my good friends here in uh, Southern California is the internationally famous hotel man. I'd like you to meet him and know him in person as I do. Mr. Conrad Hilton, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows that your business is running hotels, perhaps more hotels and bigger hotels and more interesting hotels than anybody else in the world. But uh, I bet they don't know that you didn't start out to be a hotel man, did you? Uh, No, I... um... I was born in a little town in New Mexico, and I, I wanted to become a banker. A banker? Well, then, what switched you into the hotel business? Well, I went down to buy a bank right after the war, uh, 1919, in a little town in Cisco, Texas. And uh, the banker had agreed to, to sell me this little small bank, and then he raised me $5,000, and it made me mad, and I was staying at this hotel, and I happened to ask the hotel proprietor how much money he was making, and, and he told me he was making a lot of money. So I says, I'd like to buy your hotel. Here's where I don't become a banker, and I'm going to become a hotel man. And that's what happened, that's and what you happened. certainly did. That 40-room hotel that Hilton purchased was the beginning of Hilton Hotels. In 1925, he opened his first hotel to actually use the Hilton name in Dallas, Texas. Over the next few decades, Hilton Hotels expanded into several states and eventually became the world's first international hotel chain. Hilton would go on to own 188 hotels in 38 cities in the U.S., along with 54 hotels internationally. In 1966, Hilton was succeeded as president and CEO by his son, Barron. Baron Hilton was previously the owner of the Los Angeles Chargers in the American Football League, a new professional football league trying to compete with the NFL. In 1965, Baron also served as the AFL president, 
and helped forge the merger between the AFL and the NFL that would create the Super Bowl. Barron stepped away from football once he took over as Hilton's president and CEO. He sold his holdings for $10 million after an initial investment of just $25,000. In 1970, Barron Hilton expanded the company into Las Vegas, which made an immediate impact. By 1972, the two Hilton Vegas resorts contributed a staggering 45% of Hilton Hotel's income, nearly matching what they made from their other 160 hotels in the U.S. For several years, Elvis Presley had a show at the Las Vegas Hilton for two months out of the year, performing two shows a night, seven nights a week, and he set a world record for selling out 837 consecutive concerts. Barron had great success as the company's president and CEO for 30 years. In his personal life, he'd married Marilyn Hawley in 1947, and they would have eight children. The sixth of their eight children, Richard, was born in 1955. Richard Hilton would go on to have success of his own, forming Hilton Realty Investment in 1984 to handle commercial real estate. In the 90s, he teamed up with real estate businessman Jeffrey Highland to form Hilton & Highland, one of the top luxury real estate firms in the world. Richard and his wife Kathy have four children, Paris, Nikki, Baron II, and Conrad III. Paris Hilton was born on February 17, 1981. The family moved frequently when Paris was young, living in a suite in the Waldorf Astoria, then the Hamptons, and Beverly Hills. When she was 19, she signed a modeling contract with New York City-based T-Management, a modeling agency owned by Donald Trump. This was also around the time she started becoming a notable fixture in New York nightlife, resulting in many New York tabloid stories. By 2001, Hilton had been hailed as New York's leading it girl. That same year, she appeared with her sister Nikki in a David LaChapelle photo shoot for Vanity Fair, which led to national attention. And it would only grow from there. Here's Paris Hilton on The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn in 2003. You're acting, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what show is that? Or... I'm doing a reality show with Fox. I'm starting in March, me living on a farm. It's going to be like, kind of like the Green Acres feel. <laughs> me living on a farm. <laughs> And, so, and who, are the, who are the other celebrities in that, do you know? I'm, it's just my own show, but I'm bringing my best friend, Nicole Richie, who's been my best friend since I was two. The Simple Life debuted on December 2nd, 2003. The premiere episode drew 13 million viewers, increasing Fox's 18- to 49-year-old demographic an incredible 79%. The second episode drew an even bigger audience. It's Six months after the debut of The Simple Life, One Night in Paris was released, catapulting her into global fame. One Night in Paris was actually a sex tape released by her then-boyfriend Rick Solomon. Solomon sued Hilton for defamation after she claimed that she was out of it and didn't know what she was doing during its taping, and she did not approve its release. Hilton then countersued Solomon over the release of the tape. Settling out of court, Hilton has said that any money she earned from the movie would be donated to charity. Like Bizarre Albums and want to support the show? Go to BizarreAlbums.com and visit the store for enamel pins and stickers. 
Right now, use promo code QUARANTINE for 10% off. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 2004, she continued to branch out into other areas, releasing her first book, Confessions of an Heiress, which became a New York Times bestseller. The following year, she appeared in the horror film House of Wax. So naturally, it was time to make an album. So, on August 22, 2006, Paris by Paris Hilton was released on Warner Brothers Records. That's hot. Turn It Up kicks off the album, and at one point, it was to be the first single. Turn It Up actually ended up being the second official single released, and it went to number one on the Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart. Turn It Up was co-written and produced by Scott Storch, who produced six of the album's 11 songs. Storch first began his music career in 1991 as the first keyboard player for The Roots, and he was heavily involved in their first two albums. Due to his dislike of touring, he left The Roots in 1995 and wanted to focus on being a producer instead. As a producer, he's worked with artists such as Christina Aguilera, Beyonce, Pink, 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, Nas and Dr. Dre, just to name a few. Hilton first met with Storch at his recording studio in Miami in 2005. After recording Turn It Up with him, she decided to change the album's musical direction to be more hip-hop and R&B-influenced songs. In that vein, up next is Fightin' Over Me, another song co-written and produced by Storch. Here's Hilton from the Storch TV YouTube channel. Fighting Over Me, actually, Scott and I came up with the concept because he wanted to do a song like Michael Jackson's The Girl's Mind. We wanted to do the hip-hop version of it. Fighting Over Me also features Fat Joe and Judicus. Every time I around, the boys fighting over me. Every time I step out, 
Stars Are Blind is the song that actually became the album's lead-off single at the last minute. Released on June 5th, 2006, the song's music video debuted on MTV the following day. Here's Hilton talking to Billboard in 2013 about that single's release. Stars Are Blind was one of my favorite songs I ever recorded. I was so excited the first time I was in the car just driving, I'd kiss FM on, and all of a sudden it started coming on the radio, and I was just so happy. I was driving in Malibu, I just remember that. I'll never forget it. And just singing along and driving in my convertible down the road and just made me so happy and proud. And then it was playing on the radio all the time, so it was really exciting. And I love that Stars Are Blind is still an iconic song. It's timeless, and people still love it, so that makes me really happy. Stars Are Blind was produced by Fernando Garibay, who also co-wrote the song along with co-producer Shepard Solomon. Between the two of them, they've produced and written with artists such as Britney Spears, Daughtry, U2, and Lady Gaga. In this clip from Paris Hilton's YouTube channel, Here's Garabe talking about Hilton's performance in the studio. She was a big part of what the overall picture of the vocal would sound like, but there were no tricks. So everything you hear that's in key, it's, everything is her. Stars Are Blind was well-received by critics, and the song peaked at number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100 and hit number one on the Billboard Dance Club Songs chart. The single hit number one in Hungary, Scotland, and Slovakia and made the top 10 in several other countries. Up next is I Want You. It was produced by J.R. Rodham, who already had number one hits co-writing and producing for Rihanna and Sean Kingston. And speaking of number one hits, I Want You also contained elements from the title song for the 1978 musical motion picture, Grease. Grease was written by Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees. The song was written especially for the movie and had never appeared in stage productions of Grease. Because of a similarly high vocal range to Barry Gibb, Frankie Valli was asked to record the song and it went to number one in 1978. I Want You doesn't include any of Valli's vocals, but it does sample the horn line. Steinberg is a songwriter who achieved success in the 1980s with songwriting partner Tom Kelly. Together, the two wrote or co-wrote the number one hits Like a Virgin by Madonna, Cyndi Lauper's True Colors, So Emotional by Whitney Houston, Alone by Heart, and The Bangles' Eternal Flame. For Paris, Steinberg co-wrote the song Heartbeat.
Nothing in This World was released as a single on August 28, 2006. It was produced by Dr. Luke, real name Lucas Gottwald. He'd started his music career in 1997 as the lead guitarist in the Saturday Night Live band. His first breakthrough in producing was as co-producer of Kelly Clarkson's 2004 hit, Since You've Been Gone. Throughout the 2000s, Dr. Luke has written and produced hits for Katy Perry, Avril Lavigne, and Pink. He's also responsible for signing Kesha. However, he may be responsible for holding back Kesha as well, among many other terrible things. In 2014, Kesha filed a civil suit against Dr. Luke for gender-based hate crimes, infliction of emotional distress, and employment discrimination. Dr. Luke denied the allegations and filed his own lawsuit in the New York Supreme Court in which he sued Kesha and her mother for defamation and breach of contract. New York Supreme Court Justice Shirley Kornreich dismissed Kesha's case. At the time of this recording, Dr. Luke's lawsuit is still ongoing. But back to Paris. Here's Dr. Luke talking about working with Hilton on Nothing in This World. Paris did all the vocals on the song. A lot of people don't realize that actually a lot of the times in songs the artist doesn't sing all the background parts and stuff like that in a lot of really big artists. I really was determined to make sure that she did everything and she was a trooper and she did it. But according to several sources, Kesha sang backing vocals on this song. In 2010, she had even told Us Weekly that she sang background vocals for Hilton, but didn't give any specifics. One year prior, Kesha had even appeared on a season three episode of The Simple Life when Hilton and Nicole Richie came to her house trying to play matchmaker for her mother. In 2004, Hilton was pitched a song called Screwed, written by Cara Diaguardi and Greg Wells. Hilton talked about the song in several interviews, saying it would be the first single from the album. Around the same time, Seventh Heaven and Lizzie McGuire star Haley Duff claimed that Screwed was intended to be recorded by her as the first single for her debut album. Hilton then recorded a version of Screwed with multiple Grammy Award-winning producer Rob Cavallo best known for his work with Green Day, producing, among others, their 1994 breakthrough album Dookie, which has sold an incredible 20 million albums worldwide. Original plans had Cavallo set to produce the entire album, but that changed after Hilton had recorded Turn It Up and decided the change of musical direction. Not long after recording Screwed, Haley Duff was dropped by Hollywood Records, allowing Hilton to claim the song as her own. The album closes out with another Scott Storch production, 
a cover of Rod Stewart's 1978 classic, Do You Think I'm Sexy? This album underwent so many changes. Changing songs, changing musical direction, changing producers, even title changes. Initially, the album was to be called Screwed, then Hilton changed it to Paris is Burning, then it became One Crazy Party, ultimately being released simply as Paris. The album received mixed reviews and peaked at number 6 on the Billboard Hot 100. At the time of this recording, it sold over 300,000 copies in the United States, and even went platinum in Russia. In March of 2020, Paris was released on vinyl for the first time with a reissue on Real Gone Music. RealGoneMusic.com offers a maroon and blonde marble edition, and Urban Outfitters has an exclusive gold vinyl version. Paris Hilton is not the only model-turned-singer, and she certainly wasn't the first. Back in the 1970s, an English model and actress started releasing some albums of her own. Twiggy. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums.